Hello and welcome to the Revelation On Demand podcast, a podcast interested in seeing what the Bible has to say. I'm your host, Justin D. Myers, and I'm hoping that you have a very Merry Christmas today, for it is Christmas as I am recording this and as this shall go out. I hope that you and yours have had a chance to participate in the many festivities that we do enjoy around this time, and I hope that during this time you've had a chance to really reflect on what Christmas means and what we come to expect Christmas to mean and what we should expect Christmas to mean. And we'll talk a little bit more about that today since today is our special Christmas episode. And of course, by the name, I'm guessing most people understand that I think Christmas is definitely about Christ. Now, so so far as talking about, uh, you know, this being a holiday, and there's a lot of disputes lately over, you know, should we celebrate Christmas? And I mean, it comes up every year. People ask, like, well, should we celebrate Christmas? Um, is it a pagan holiday? Etc. Etc. And a piece of scripture I like to bring out whenever people talk about this is something in Romans 14. Verse 5, this is Paul talking to people and and letting them know how they should live their lives. And of course, this was a very common issue back then, as it is today, where should we celebrate these days? Should we have these holidays, etc., etc.? And he's saying here, one person considers one day more sacred than another. Another considers every day alike. Each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind. Whoever regards one day as special does so to the Lord. Whoever eats meat does so to the Lord, for they give thanks to God, and whoever abstains does so to the Lord, and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives for ourselves alone, and none of us dies for ourselves alone. If we live, we live for the Lord, and if we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. For this very reason, Christ died and returned to life, so that he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. So in this passage, he's really talking about how some people consider certain days holy and others don't. So this is very much giving us the freedom to celebrate days as we see fit. I think the real important part is that we're not saying, oh, you celebrate Christmas or you don't. It's that if you are celebrating Christmas, I hope that you are celebrating it for the Lord, as Paul said there several times. It doesn't matter what we do as long as we do it for the Lord. So as long as you are keeping Christ centered on Christmas, then I think you are doing the very right thing. So, and what Christmas should be. I know there's a lot of talk about it being a pagan holiday, and there's a lot of traditions that we do that are pagan-like. But uh, Paul was very much of the the understanding or the the thought that we are free to do whatever we like, as long as we are doing it for the Lord. So, I mean, Christmas tree and all that stuff. There is there is something about the symbolism that I think is neat, that it fits so well with Jesus, especially being winter is the darkest month, you know, or December is the darkest month. And, of course, the, the darkest day of the year would have been December 22nd. And, of course, Three days later, two days later, we are celebrating on the 25th, Christmas, which is the coming of the light, which is when we celebrate the coming of Jesus. Of course, there's a lot of debate on when Jesus was actually born, but that doesn't really matter. We are celebrating the concept of Jesus 
coming into the world as the light of the world coming into the world at the darkest point of the year. So when we are thinking about winter and that is the season of death, the season of, you know, everything dying and going away in the darkest point of the year is when we focus on the light of the world, which is what Jesus came into this world as in is what we as believers should try to emulate. So a couple, like a month ago, two episodes ago, we talked in Isaiah 9. There was a verse, verse 6 in here where we talked about the actual prophecy of Jesus coming to the earth. And Isaiah 9, 6 says this, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. We talked about that a little bit in chapter 9 during our episode of that, and these titles, the Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, these are all ideas that we should focus on during Christmas. These are the titles that... Jesus came to the world to be known by. So wonderful counselor, he he taught disciples and he still teaches us today through his words. Mighty God, of course, there is no one more mighty than the God that we worship. He is the God of the universe, the God of all gods, the the highest, the, the thing that is beyond all of creation. Everlasting Father, referring to the fact that he is beyond time and therefore encapsules all of time. And then the Prince of Peace, of course, Jesus came to bring peace to the world. Now, that would not be a peace that we think of when we we think of peace. Now, so the past couple of years, I think we did Matthew, the verses in Matthew that talked about the narrative of of uh, the nativity. And then just last year, I do believe we did Luke chapter two or I'm backwards. So if you want teachings on those two, I would highly suggest you go back through our catalog and find Christmas 2021 and Christmas 2020 episodes. They should still be in there. I do not delete any of these episodes. I leave them up. This is supposed to be kind of a repository for teaching. So you can always welcome to go back to those for those lessons on those chapters. Today, we're going to be going over John 1, just a first chunk of it. It's not a very common Christmas story because it really doesn't talk about Jesus' actual birth or the story behind it or the story of you know his birth. It's talking more about just in general how Jesus was to come and how John, of course, being John the Baptist, was sent first to be kind of the prophet of, or, or the, you know, and saying sent first, um, he was only like six months older than him. So, um, he was, he was there to kind of set the path for Jesus to come into his ministry in his, uh, later days. So John chapter one, we'll be reading for about 18 verses here. So, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And he was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that was that has been made. 
in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to do that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. The world became flesh and made excuse me, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, and the glory of one day of the and the glory of one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out, saying, This is the one I spoke about when I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of his fullness we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who himself God and in his closest relationship with the Father has made him known. So you can see why this passage is not a very typical Christmas passage. It does nothing to talk about what we typically think about when we are in this holiday and we start talking about Christmas. Most people are thinking about the birth of Jesus, uh, the what we know as the nativity, talking about how they came to Jerusalem, or Joseph and Mary came to Jerusalem when she was about ready to, to give birth, and they end up having Jesus in a manger. And that's the, typically the story that we like to talk about, but this is a very important story nonetheless, and it is more encapsulating, more of a summary of the entirety of the reason why Jesus came. So, as we know, Jesus is the Word, and the Word was with God, which is exactly what it says in the beginning here, the first verse, which is means that as Jesus being part of God, he is God himself. And this talks this is a lot about the Trinity. We start talking about three persons in one being. Uh, this is a concept that can be tough to get to understand a lot. I use some very poor examples of we are being mind, body, and spirit or soul. But this is not, this is a very imperfect example of three beings in one body. Jesus, the Father, and the Holy Spirit are distinct entities that can work independently of one another. However, they are in essence, the same being. So it's something that can be difficult to understand at times, but this is the trouble with understanding the deity who is himself beyond our space and time, which is what we're stuck in, which is a lot, I think, what people run into issues with whenever they're talking about the Bible or trying to understand things from the Bible is that a lot of it is written from the perspective of a being who's trying to make known to us, us temporal beings that are stuck in time and, and 
physical location, the perspective of a timeless and unphysical being, which encompasses all of creation. It's not something we can quite understand being as in our tiny, tiny understanding of of the world around us. We are very small in comparison to this being. And what we talk about during this time of the year is that infinite being humbling himself and coming down to our perspective to understand what it's like to be human. Now, he wouldn't have to do this necessarily, but the fact that he did do this and this is the way that he decided he was going to redeem us and become the one sacrifice that actually could wash us clean and make us fit for being in his ultimate presence. And then something that I like to think about whenever it is this time of year and people are putting up Christmas lights in one night and whatnot is that Jesus is known as the light of the world. So when we look at these beautiful lights or the lights on a Christmas tree, we are, we should, I should say, we should be remembering the light that came into the world that was Jesus, the light that shines ever brightly in the darkness that we ourselves should try to imitate. We should try to be lights in the darkness as well as Jesus was. And it's a good thing to remember during the darkest time of the year. And there's lots of holy mis- holy symbolism behind celebrating the light and the goodness in the darkest time of the year. And it says that right there in verse 9, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. And this is something that we can reminisce on today, that Jesus is the light of the world, and through his light, we ourselves can shine that light onto others. And that's just something I like to think about a lot during this time of the year, when we're trying to be the light to the world that Jesus was for us. And just one thing to keep in mind, I like to keep these episodes shorter, so we'll be wrapping up here soon. One thing to keep in mind is that the grace that God gave us by sending Jesus Christ to die for our sins into this world to understand exactly the trials and tribulations that we face as humans in our fallen state, he has made a way for us to come back to him. He has provided a path. This is why he sent Jesus. Jesus is the reason that we celebrate Christmas, that we should be celebrating Christmas, I should say. He is the reason that we should be treating others more kindly during this time of the year. We should be doing that all year, but especially this time of the year, where we are remembering the fact that our God came into the world to become that perfect sacrifice. And of course, we will go over what happens during that sacrifice in our Easter episode, as we do every Easter. Uh, One thing that I want to make sure that if anybody has any suggestions for a, you know, holidays or special occasions that we should be diving into as a podcast about spiritual things, there's uh, certain times of years or there is any kind of holidays that you would like 
dug into more. We could definitely do either like a chunk of an episode. We talk about something like that, or we can dedicate a full episode. If I feel it is a deserving and enough time or holiday. So I hope that you get a chance to spend time with your family and reminisce on what Jesus coming into the world means for us as Christians. I hope that you have plenty of food, plenty of time with the ones you love. And if you don't, I hope that you have a chance to get with people that you like at least. And I bless, bless you guys. I wish you a Merry Christmas. And thank you for listening, as I'm very grateful for everyone who still listens to this podcast. And I'm really excited to see if this podcast will grow any further. We're doing decently. Of course, we've took a hit with missing our our co-host, who at least a few of you, not none of you that are listening still, but a few listeners had really been here for listening to Chris. So, and I miss him. I hope he's doing well. I wish him a Merry Christmas and blessings. I hope you guys have a very Merry Christmas. Thank you for listening to the Revelation Demand podcast. Please like, share, and subscribe wherever you catch your podcast from. Please, if you like what we're doing, share this with a friend, family member, or someone from your church. It's a completely private venture and receive no funding from any sources. If you have any comments, questions, or concerns, please feel free to contact me at revelationondemand at gmail.com. God bless, and see you next time.